Romans chapter 8. You know the attention span of a goldfish? Guess how long it is? Six seconds. <laughs> Amen. Um, Romans chapter 8, we're going to go back to talking about unstuck in our thinking. But I want to continue in this passage. Last week we stopped off, at ver- we did verses 5 and verse 6. I want to do verses 7 and 8 today. If you have your Bibles, amen. Uh, if you stand for the reading of God's word, amen. Now we're picking up in the middle, but I've already done the context. But check this out. This is pretty interesting to me. He says, because the mind, Romans chapter 8 verse 7, because the mind set on the flesh is what? Hostile towards God. Towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I want to talk about this morning the danger of being worldly-minded, unstuck in your thinking, the danger of being worldly-minded, unstuck in your thinking, the danger of being worldly-minded. I have seen as a counselor the face of mental illness. I've seen what it's like when people are unable to function in life simply because their thinking has been distorted. I've seen people Break fellowship with God. Break fellowship with the church. Um, Revert back to the way they used to live. I've seen that happen with my own eyes. And it's always been a curiosity of mine to ask the question, why? Why? I told you last week that everything begins in the mind. If you can think it, you can achieve it. But I believe that to some degree, it's not so much the circumstances, but it's our ability to think through the struggles that we face in life. James chapter 1, James says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing, two words, consider and knowing. Consider means to think like a leader. That's what it means. It means to put the reins around your mind and govern your thoughts. 
He says, knowing something, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, I believe that Satan's target is your mind. I believe that his target is your mind. I've counseled many who just give in. And in the end, they end up regretting that they gave into worldly thinking. Pastor, I can't do this because I got to do this. I got to do this because I got to do this. If I would ask you today, what are you struggling with? To some degree, you will say, and I believe that the results will be staggering in this room this morning, that many of us are struggling. We have a mental battle going on. We want to do right. We have all the good intentions, but our thinking is so distorted, but our thinking is so worldly that we think that we can use worldly things to fix a spiritual problem. Do I have anybody? God saved you. And when he saved you, he changed you. And as much as you may say, I've fallen, I've failed, you're still saved. Don't ever let Satan convince you that you're not saved. If you know that you know that you know that you know that you've given your life to Jesus, you are a saved person. And so therefore, you have the capacity to overcome. You, ha- you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You do have and possess the mind of Christ. You have the spirit of God that lives in you. But the problem is, saints, we get stuck thinking worldly. There's a danger. There's a danger that sometimes we think that we're doing what's right according to our own eyes, but really our minds is really fixed on worldliness. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the world. I'm not teaching that kind of theology because the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. You know what salt does? It brings flavor. Amen. You know what light does? It dispels darkness. But if you and I get caught thinking or fixing our minds solely on worldliness, we will never have hope in this life. Hope will seem like it's a distance away from you. And most of us, and maybe today you're stuck because of the way you think. Maybe you want what the Joneses have. Or maybe you're so fixated on what the Joneses have that you're missing the blessing that God has already given you. You don't know that they're in debt, but your stuff is paid off for. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, they may have a house, but you don't know the struggles that's going on in that house. But you are in an apartment. Or you're in a trailer home. Or you're in a hut. Whatever you are. Amen. But as long as you're, it's yours. Amen. And you can honestly say that, you know what? I have peace. See, the problem is Satan wants us 
to think worldly. He wants us to fix our minds on those things. Paul already told us in chapter, in chapter 7 that there's a struggle in our flesh. That we all struggle. I showed you that earlier today. That you want to do right, but watch this. But you keep doing what? Wrong. There's a fight going on inside. Some of you wake up every day and it's a battle when you wake up. Come on, help me somebody. Some of us are strong mentally, but that mental, that mental strength that we possess, it's not biblical strength. Hello, somebody. It's resilience. Come on, somebody. It's the ability to bounce back, but you're bouncing back, but you're not changing. Oh, come on, say amen. And so as a result of that, Paul says, there's a struggle going on inside of you, but don't condemn yourself when you fall. Pick yourself back up and do it again. But he has, he says here, last week I showed you this. He says, for those who are according to the flesh, verse 5, set their minds on the things of the flesh. See, some people are saved, but they're just worldly. You know what I mean? They, 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 they just worldly. They just want the things of the world. Right? And, and for some reason, they believe that that's going to bring uh, comfort, it's going to bring comfortability, it's going to bring peace and happiness, but you found out that that's, it's not what it is. Right? You can have all this stuff but still not be happy. Right? So you work and you work and you work overtime and you work extra time and you work extra, extra, extra time and you get a second job and you, you think that the answer is more. The answer is not more. The answer is contentment. Being content with what God has given you. And when God see fit, watch this, that you can be trusted with more, he'll give you more with no strings attached to it. Come on, say amen. Paul says, verse 6, for the mindset on the flesh is what? Death. But the mindset on the what? The spirit is what? It's what? Life and peace. I told you last week, are you enjoying this Christian life? When your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, now let me just explain this to you, okay? Your mind set on the Spirit doesn't mean you're in church every week. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to be every week. But you know what I mean. Back, retract that. We're, we're going to redact that from the... <laughs> All right? <laughs> what I'm saying is you, you, you can have a balanced Christian life and still live in the world, but not be what? Consumed of the world. But saints, sometimes we're sitting in our cubicles, we're sitting in our desks, and all we're thinking about is what we don't have. Or what we're trying to get. But there's a danger in being worldly minded. There's a danger. And I don't know if you want to risk, amen, your spiritual walk. For that type of thinking. So let's look at the dangers. Look what he says in verse 7. He says, because, and you got to always look and see what the because, the because is like a therefore, right? Why? Because the mindset on the flesh is what? Death. But the mindset on the spirit is what? Life and peace, correct? We got that? But he said, because the mind, because the mindset on the flesh is what? Hostile 
You, you know, if you really look at your life, not you, but some of you, your struggle hasn't been with people. You know what your struggle's been with? No. Put, put, put it on, put, put, put the first danger up there. You've been struggling with God. That's been your struggle. You, it's, not, it's not your ex-husband. It's, just, it's, not, it's not your boo. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's not the world. You know what I mean? It's not you going to the club. You can still go to the club and be saved. You understand what I'm saying? But it's where your mind has been. And for some of us, we are so worldly-minded that we don't realize that when our mind is set, listen, all you think about is you. And all you think about is the things that you want to accomplish in life, but you ain't thinking about God. So your struggle is with God. You know what the word hostile means? To be an enemy. But it actually means to be like an army set against God. And so the danger of a worldly mind is that you're not, and listen, and, and watch this. This is why so many people struggle with the messages. Or they struggle to listen to the word or they struggle to pray or they struggle, come on somebody, to fast. And they, they struggle to praise because they are having a struggle with God. You're in worship, but you're thinking about, did I leave the pot on? <laughs> Amen. How long he going to be? God, no. Night of prayer. Night of prayer. Night of prayer. I didn't see you. The mindset on the spirit would be like, man, I got to get there for prayer. Come on, somebody. Come on. But you don't understand my schedule. You don't understand this. I get it. I understand all that. But you're no longer an unsaved person. You are a believer. But I believe. Now, now I'm going to show you something. The danger about being, oh, man. The danger about being worldly-minded is you're saved. He's not talking unbelievers. He's talking to believers here. Watch this. And you can be saved and look like the world. Can you imagine that? You have everything inside of you to live a victorious life. And all you got to do is fix your mind on the things above. The danger. It's not that you're a bad person. Amen. It's not that you, you know, you, you know, you're struggling. I get it. But here's the thing. It's where your mind is. Amen. We come to church. We serve. We give. We pray. But when we walk out... And, and the reason is, we're in opposition to God. How you, you know what that's called? You, 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 you know what it is? Dual loyalties. We're trying to be loyal to God and loyal to the world at the same time. You can still go to work and have a mind of Christ and do the greatest job you'll ever do. Because you're looking at it through the eyes of the, of, of the spirit. But see, the world got you all set up like this. Man, you got to get more. You got to forget that. Forget raising my family. Forget teaching them the word of God. Forget, 
Forget all that, man. That ain't gonna work. You need if you give them more money, if you you give them a better life, if you give them a better situation. I'm gonna tell you something. You just you just making them more. You just giving them more dysfunction. With but now they're able to do more. Amen. Are y'all with me? So so he says he says he says the the, the mind set on the flesh is hostile. Amen. You can do all these outward acts, but if your mind is set on the flesh, then you have a problem with God. So I never thought I had a problem with God. I never did. I was like, man, I love God. How can you love somebody and still have a problem with them? How can you love someone? See, see, and I believe that that's what happens when we worship. That's what I was trying to point out earlier. Like if my mind is still out there, it's hard for me to worship someone. You find what I'm saying? That, that I'm not thinking about only on Sundays I think about. Come on, y'all. Come on, say amen. Come on. I got 15 minutes. Watch this. I, stay with me. Stay awake. Watch this. Y'all ain't saying amen. Y'all saying, but I'm going to work through this thing, okay? I got 15 minutes and 48 seconds. Watch this. But, but the million-dollar question is, why do you keep doing it? Why do you keep doing it? Amen. When you criticize, complain, and condemn, the battle that some people are having is resentment towards God. Because if God didn't do this, because your mind is not in the right place. May I say this? You'll never win that battle with him. He says the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God. But here's the, here's the sad part to it. Watch the text. For it does not, and even if there was a little bit of hope, for it does not subject itself. Now, this is the part that really blessed me. Yeah, it's, I know it's convicting, but it's liberating, y'all. Tell your neighbor, liberating. It's liberating. I mean, seriously, it's like you're stuck in this mindset. So like, how do I get free from all this, right? Paul asked that question in chapter 7. Who will free me from this body in chapter 8? He's telling us. He says, get our minds in the right place. But watch this. He says, it does not subject itself to the word of God, the law of God. What's the next, what's the next danger of this mindset? This mindset struggles to submit to the word of God. Can I show you how this looks? I never forget this, y'all. When I first got saved, man. You know, I used to, I used, my pastor used to preach, man. He used to preach the word. You know, he's, a, he's like, Hunt, until you take the word of God and believe it and obey it, you're going to have a problem with God. It's his voice, it's his breath. Watch this. The passage I read to you earlier, right, about Solomon, he says, if my people who are called by my name would what? See, the person with the worldly mind can't do that. person with the worldly mind will hear me preach every Sunday and walk out here the same. Because the problem, boo, is you can't submit to the word. Can I ask you a question? And this is the question I need to ask you. 
who has authority over you? Does the word of God have authority? In other words, when you hear it, can you act on it? And if you can act on it, watch this. If you can act on it and apply it, then that means you're submitting to it. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes we got a little touch of worldly and we got a little touch of spirit. If it's, I'm, you know what I mean? We, we kind of vacillate, right? Because I know you're evaluating right now. Last week, I had you to evaluate through the questions. And today, you're evaluating again. Right? But here's the thing. It does not mean you're not saved. It just means that your mind is stuck in the world. Hello, somebody. Come on, help me. Now, that word submit means to place oneself under. But it also means to obey. But here's what it means. When you obey, let me give you an illustration. It's, it's the same word used in the family. When the, when the wife submits to the husband. Right? The children submits to the wife. And the husband now, which it's called an orderly arrangement. You know why some of our lives are in chaos? Because, and we don't have an orderly arrangement because we can't submit to the word. Amen. And when you can't submit, in other words, if it says do this, you do it. If it says do that, if it says do this, you do it. And watch this, and you can do it, and you're doing it willingly, not like pulling teeth. Oh, man, sure it is, man. The pastor asked me to do, man, I don't know if I can do that. Come on, say amen. Here's the thing. We read it, we say amen, but we don't do it. <laughs> this mindset has caused many to lose hope because if you can't or won't obey the word of God, you have a serious problem. Can you imagine that you want to do right? How many of you got some kids like that? In school, I'm talking about like in school, right? They, you're like, man, they want to do right, but they just, they just will not do right. Where the mind is. It's the same thing with us. This is dangerous. You don't want to play with this. God says if you set your mind on the spirit, man, you're going to have life. Listen, it doesn't mean your life is just going to be better overnight, but you'll have peace in the midst of the storm. You'll have joy in spite of. Come on, somebody. Amen. You can see a way out of no way because what God gives you is spiritual insight in his word and his word now begins to navigate your life. Could it be the reason why some of us are where we are is because of what we've been thinking, but not only that, but we can't obey God's word. How many want to obey? How many really want to? I'm, so, I'm saying like you really want to do this. This time. Come on, somebody, say this time. This time's going to be different. You ever promise something to your boo and, and you, you ain't delivered? Baby, this time. This time. And you keep breaking your promise? Lord Jesus, y'all don't want to talk today. Watch what he says. Now, now here's, the, here's the... Look at the rest of this verse. Watch what he says. It does not subject itself to the law of God. Watch this now. For it is not even able to do so. 
You ready for this? Ready for the next danger? Give it to me. This mindset is stuck permanently. I never thought I would say there's no hope for somebody. But I'm going to say this to you. There's no hope for the person whose mind is stuck on the world. I can pray for you. But if you stay there, this person with this mindset is unable to submit to God, his word, watch this, and he leaves to find a better way only to leave him worse. So you pursue education. Or you pursue a career path. Or you pursue a multi-million dollar venture only to ruin yourself more. Because you can't submit to God. Why do you think they gave you that promotion? Until you say, God, I surrender my mind. And I will seek the things of the Spirit. And I'm going to set my mind on the things of the Spirit. You and I can remain. Listen, here's what's dangerous about this. You can be saved for a long time. And end up like this. Where you're stuck permanently. Anybody ever felt stuck permanently? Watch this. The only reason you're stuck permanently is because of your thinking. Watch this. Watch what he says. I got seven minutes. Watch this. Look at verse eight. And those who are what? Now, this is the part that really got me. And those who are in the flesh cannot. Oh, that's why you can't worship. That's why you can't have joy. That's why that life looks the way it is because you can't please somebody that you're an enemy of. And then when preaching comes, you're ready to leave. Come on, say amen. Come on now. Oh, I got my worship in. Or whatever you want to call worship. And then I put you to sleep. That's a whole nother thing, right, Hurt? <laughs> Hurt is up today, y'all. Give her the hand, y'all. His mind set on the spirit, y'all. <laughs> What's the last danger? Here's the last danger. And here, hold on, hold on, put it back, put it back, put it. Let me tell you why. Let me, let me. You know why some of us are stuck? It's not about God for you. Because remember, you are an enemy of God. And you can't submit to his word of God. And that's how God instructs you. Did you know that? When you come and hear a word from me on Sunday morning, it ain't me up here. It's God speaking through me. See? So, so don't ever think it's a man up here. Because when I get down, I'll be like, what did I say? 
Did I say that? I go over the video, I'm like, dang, I shouldn't have said that. But watch this. The verse says, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the last danger is this. This mindset seeks to please only. That's why people call you selfish. You don't even think about yourself. All you do is think about yourself. Yeah, you only think about yourself. You at work 17 hours. When do you spend time with your kids? Hmm. And then you don't worship with them. And then the question is, do you teach them God's word? Fathers, listen to me on, on, on Wednesdays at, at 1130. And you see what I'm talking about. It is your responsibility as a father to teach your children the word of God. And God is holding you accountable for it. When, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, guess what he did? He didn't say, Eve, come here, eat girl. He said, Adam, where are you? What he said. And so the danger of this mind, of worldly mindset is this, the fact that we're pursuing only the passions of the world rather than pleasing God. So it becomes about me. I'm comfortable. Who are you living to please? There's nothing wrong with having good things at all. But you got to ask yourself a question. Who are you living to please? I don't know if you guys remember the movie, The Blob. Anybody remember that movie? This cosmic jello had come down from space fell into a crater and cracked open and an old man came and had a little stick in his hand and was playing with it and it ran up on his arm and became to, began to consume him. The more he tried to shake it off, the more it consumed him. Some folks found him and rushed him to the hospital. Doctors couldn't find him. Matter of fact, when they went to the mercy room, it even consumed the doctor. Everybody got consumed by the blob. Throughout the movie, the people had tried everything, and then they finally found out something. They noticed that when they sprayed something cold, the blob would go back. It would put them, amen. They put more cold stuff on them, so they decided to take him, remember, to Alaska. Y'all following me. They figured out if they get rid of it completely, but they couldn't render it incapable of doing more damage. So they ended up freezing it, taking it to Alaska. They could not destroy it. Y'all catch where I'm going with this? But they can change its environment so that it could be render, rendered inactive. Not only did they remove the blob, but they also transferred it to a new environment where it was so cold that the blob could not express itself again. When Jesus saved you, come on somebody, he moved you from the projects to the penthouse. He put you in a brand new environment, but the blob, your flesh, wants to overpower you. You're in a new environment now, so you got to neutralize 
your flesh by the way you think. And until then, you will put yourself in a dangerous place. Come on, give God a hand clap.